Hello, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivated individuals press on towards the mark of self-actualization using a combination of old school wisdom and new read tactics to help achieve this end. My name is Sim, and I'll be your host. Today, we're going to be talking about the warrior mentality. All right. So today we're going to be talking about a mental model that I call the warrior mindset with it just being another tool that you can use to help you live a better life. So a lot of guys find it difficult to do things like waking up early or reading a book or even asking a girl out. And I think that a warrior mentality helps with these problems and even larger ones as well. So what is this warrior mentality? Well, I touched on it in the episode on masculinity that I did a couple months ago. But what I view as the warrior mindset to be and the archetype of a warrior is a personality framework that a man can draw upon to either attack or defend life. And pretty simple explanation, but it does have some details, which I'll get into pretty soon. But in the meantime, I think it's worth asking, where did this warrior mentality come from? Well, I personally believe that since the dawn of time, human beings have been at each other's throats in some form or fashion. In the early days, I'd imagine it was pretty much brute force, might versus right combat. So basically my tribe versus your tribe and the people with the stronger, bigger, better and faster people pretty much won. But as civilization started to develop, our ways and means of combat started to grow more sophisticated and complex. And you think about weapons were brought into play, and then you started to develop tactics and strategies to win battles and wars and stuff like that. So in many societies, because of this complexity of this warrior mindset, there started to become this whole warrior tradition in which the concept of a warrior became embedded in what the society stood for. So young men were often trained in the ways of mental and physical combat, making them battle ready against any sort of enemies that might come and attack the tribe or the empire or the civilization. And it's pretty easy to see this tradition in societies that are considered developing or quote-unquote third world environments. Many countries in Asia and Asia Minor have a warrior tradition of some kind. A good example of that would be Japan. So obviously there's the archetype of the quote-unquote enlightened samurai, the one who blissfully kills other people in a non-dual Zen state. Or in India, the caste system that created an entire class of warriors known as the Kshatiya. Uh, I'm pronouncing that wrong, I know, but um, I think it's called Kshatriya. Yeah, it's entire warrior caste uh, whose job was literally to just fight. And then lots of texts in Vedic philosophy talk about this. So in Europe, you can look at the Vikings that dominated Northern Europe for a period of time or even more recently in the Americas, like the Native Americans, the Mayans, and the Inca. And that's just on the surface. I know I'm just scratching the surface of this. Uh, Psychologically, there's many religious and philosophical orders throughout civilization that have embraced this warrior energy and have intermingled it 
with the dictates of rational thought and their philosophical orders. So an example of this would be basically being a quote-unquote soldier for God. And you can look back to many periods in the past where people fought in the name of God. So most societies have this quote-unquote background of belligerence somewhere within the folds of their culture, and it really influenced how their society progressed and unfolded in some form or fashion. Now, the only exception to this, I would say, would be interesting enough, uh, America, the country of America. And for a country with the largest military presence on the globe, and arguably the most influenced globally, we don't really have a very strong war tradition embedded in our culture like a lot of the other places in the world do. And there's many reasons for why I think this is, which I'll get to a bit later. But first, I'm going to talk about why is the archetype of the war important? Why is it good? You know, fighting is bad, right? Well, I'd say that fighting can be bad, but the process to create a warrior is not. So you think about it. No one's just born as a warrior. We all have the capacity to become aggressive, to be belligerent, but those capacities and that potential does not make someone a warrior. For example, just because you can have kids doesn't make you a dad, and just because you can bully other people doesn't make you a warrior. So the process of creating a warrior is very intentional. You Think about the discipline, the training, the mindset. It all creates a purposeful an intentional person that is ever ready for some type of conflict. It creates someone who has a ton of clarity and decisiveness, especially when it comes to life. You think of this warrior energy, they obviously have some sort of, some sort of weapon, usually a cutting weapon, a sword, a blade, an axe, whatever. And the energy of the warrior is very incisive. It cuts through things. Contrast that to the feeling and action of a regular man who has not been trained in this warrior tradition And it's a person who feels like they're very dull and they lack precision and decisiveness uh, in life. So when we say someone is a very, quote unquote, sharp individual, we're pretty much referring to this ability to slice through the layer of life and get to the meat and potatoes of things. And like I said, this type of socialization process was and is present in a lot of cultures basically training a young man to be able to stand for and stand against something. And I personally think this type of intentional creation makes a person who has respect for life and the opportunities it presents because this person really knows how fragile and precious life is. And when you have respect for life, you have respect for every other thing in it. Ironically, people who have this warrior mentality are the last people that want to start a fight. And however, you know, these days it's completely possible, almost the default to go throughout life without experiencing any hint of the warrior mentality. You'd get some taste of it, some flashes of it, but you never really experience it. And in fact, I'd say it's almost the default. I mean, unless you purposely put yourself through some type of physical and mental discipline and training, where else other than the military or sports are you going to encounter this type of discipline? It's to the point in our world where you can pretty much ease by and, you know, live a good life without ever experiencing anything really earth-shattering. And up until the recent era, almost every human who has ever been alive has had to develop some variation of the warrior mindset. 
you know, life was very hard up until a couple decades ago. You think about our past uh, ancestors, or if you ask your grandparents, or if you have great grandparents, if you ask them what life was uh, many years ago, they tell you it's a lot different and probably was a lot harder then, especially when you think about uh, the lack of access to infrastructure and technology that a lot of people had, especially in uh, very isolated areas. Like you think about places like the Midwest and America, or you think about isolated villages in India or Africa. Um, it was very, uh, it was a very rough it existence. Um, so life was very hard up until a couple decades ago. And then you just had to develop this mental toughness to just naturally live life. And then more recently in World War II, there was the quote unquote greatest generation people who experienced a lot of pain, like the Great Depression, for example, a lot of hardship, and they just, in general, were just naturally resilient because they went through this hardship. They knew what life was about, and as a result, they did not take it lightly. They were pretty much just thankful to see another sunrise. So if you compare that to a lot of people in today's society, many people in the first world grew up in what our ancestors would call paradise. There hasn't been a large-scale conflict in almost 80 years. Standards of living across the globe have gone up. More people have more readily accessible information on hand, like I just said. Economic mobility is the greatest it's ever been, and life is pretty rosy for a lot of us, more so than at any time in history. And this type of rosiness in life has led to the disappearance of the warrior because, quite frankly, you know, we don't really need it at least on the outside, at least. On the inside, this lack of aggressive energy has made a lot of us collectively barren in several ways. There's just a lot of apathy, there's a lot of lethargy, tuning out of life, and a lot of people who have difficulty with being able to simply just do things. And taken as a whole, this whole construct of lethargy, apathy, and pretty much not giving a shit about anything uh, creates what is known as decadence. Basically, any society or collective group of people that gets a lot of success starts to decline and move farther away from what made them successful. You can think about the Roman Empire, how they experienced a peak and then a steady decline because they had everything. They were the most powerful empire in the world. And when you have everything, there's nowhere to go. Uh, you've reached the top of the mountain. Why else would you do anything else? So... Naturally, anything that goes up is going to come down. So that's what naturally happens. This is just a natural cycle. And, you know, you don't have to take my word for it. If you go on the forums of any self-development website or if you go on somewhere like Reddit, um, you'll see thread after thread after thread after thread of people who say they can't get their procrastination under control, they can't develop self-discipline, that they don't want to study, that they can't focus that they just can't, you know, live a constructive life and all these other things. So you can see the effects that this lack of cutting through energy is having on us collectively. And I personally believe this comes down to a lack of the warrior energy in our world. And when the warrior leaves, things that the warrior guarded against just naturally start to move in. Something like nihilism becomes accessible, which obviously makes it hard or even impossible to do anything when you have a nihilistic worldview. And I mean, it's almost uncool to care much about something like wanting to become a better person and to someone with a nihilistic and apathetic worldview something like this doesn't even register on the radar and obviously people in the past uh nihilism apathy 
uh, they were pretty much cast out from society because pretty much everybody had to carry their own weight in a sense. But that's not even necessarily the case here. We're very individualistic society for better or for worse. So this is going back to the point where I mentioned that America as the country doesn't really have a warrior tradition. The process of building warriors is something that had to be created by necessity. It didn't really evolve organically. And now there's many reasons for this. Uh, first of all, America was founded by Europeans who were influenced by the ideas of the Enlightenment. And the Enlightenment was a period in Europe where science and reason was you know, touted over faith and quote-unquote emotionality. It saw things like fighting as barbaric and uncivilized, so that naturally affected American culture, which was pretty hypocritical because, you know, the history of America was violence, but I mean, that's a completely another discussion. And then I'd say secondly, America was founded relatively recently, like less than 300 years ago. And this may seem like a long time, this is several lifetimes of a person, um, but not when you compare it to other countries. I mean, what, England is about a thousand years old, and that came from Germanic culture, which is even older. Japan's about 2,000 years old. Uh, China's about at least 3,000 years old. And many cultures in the Middle East are even older. And, you know, 300 years, that's just not enough time for a culture to develop a very rich warrior tradition as something as complex as a warrior tradition organically. It's something that takes a long time to sprout up. And then third, I'd say that America really stepped on the scene as a world player leading into the modern era after industrialization, meaning that the incidents of war worldwide were going down. And like I mentioned, the last global scale conflict was World War II, and that was over 70 years ago. So that's enough time for three or four generations to come up who don't have any idea of what war is. And of course, American culture touches the globe. America is the most influential society on the planet. And it is seen as the standard for a model society. So yeah, American ideals are going to be everywhere. And of course, this is going to affect other cultures as well. So yeah, the warrior is going to be lacking in a lot of places around the world because of these reasons. We live in a world where on surface, again, it isn't really needed. Without the clarity and aggressiveness of the warrior, you're just going to have a tough time with life because life is a battle. Life can be a war. And life requires sacrifice, patience, strategy, willingness, discipline, all of the things that the warrior naturally has. So someone who objects to the warrior's mentality and warrior energy in general would say, you know, since we're in a world where that type of mentality isn't really needed, all you really need to do is talk things over and smooth it out and be diplomatic, and things will be just all right. And to that, I'd counter, just because you can talk doesn't mean you can back up what you're saying. Talk without action just makes you a bullshitter. And I'd also add that, quote-unquote, being nice without strength doesn't really mean anything. It just means you're weak. Anyone can be nice. That's not really a high bar. Like, oh, he's a nice guy, isn't really saying much. It's the guy who has the capacity to harm and doesn't and controls it. That's the person who should be commended. Like, oh, well, you know, that person has some honor. So that person has some integrity. And that's, again, part of the warrior training. Uh, for example, like a lion without teeth or claws and it isn't anything to really be afraid of. <laughs> um, everyone respects the lion because of what the lion has the capacity and capability to do. 
That's the same with the warrior. The warrior garners respect because the warrior puts service to higher ideal over his own selfish ends, and that's part of the warrior mindset. That's one thing to learn in life in general, having power, but also having restraint and discernment on how to use that power. So it's clear now that a warrior mentality is beneficial. Okay, so how has this warrior mentality developed? Well, going back to the archetype, the energy model of the warrior, again, this type of energy is already present in your psychology. If you think about little boys, they naturally know how to access this energy. However, because of socialization, they often get cut off from it. Like if you have a brother, your mom would say, stop hitting your brother. Or your teacher at school would say, be nice or all these other things. And, uh, you know, that's good. We need people to cooperate in society and not just be brutes to each other. And as I said before, society in its current state has very little need outright for this warrior energy. So anything hinting at it is bad and should be dismissed. But since this energy is present in all humans, male or female, to some degree, it gets suppressed and it becomes like shadow energy. It's like damming up a river. You can't get rid of the river. You can only divert and channel it into productive channels. So when this energy becomes blocked, it becomes a shadow, and this gives rise to the archetype of the quote-unquote shadow warrior, which is basically someone filled with a lot of rage, a lot of bloodlust, and they lack compassion, and it's someone who just wants to destroy just for the sake of destroying. And this is why you see stuff like cyberbullying or even worse, mass shootings, because this shadow warrior energy is being expressed. But going back to how to develop this, you already have this potential in you. It just needs to be trained. And how do you train your capacity to access the warrior? Well, you have to engage. You have to stop running from life and engage with it. That's the first step. Whatever your circumstances in life demand of you, you own up to it and engage with it. But just because you engage doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Uh, Like, for example, if you go and fight somebody, it doesn't mean you're going to win the fight. You could get the shit knocked out of you. Um, and that's because your capacities are not up to stuff yet. You don't know how to fight. So you need to still engage in purposeful training. And the training's uh, dimensions for this are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, which is the psychological and uh, physical makeup of a human being. And this is why every almost every self-development tip from men includes getting some type of physical exercise, namely in the form of lifting weights or resistance training. And I personally don't think that there's any area that is so foundational and so raw, like pushing against your limits physically. If you feel anxious or depressed, (laughs) go to the gym and squat heavy weight or go and run five miles. I almost guarantee that you won't even have the ability to engage with that type of thinking. Because when you're engaged in training, your mind pretty much shuts off. It's crazy it's the most magical thing at least that's what it is for me uh you don't care about what someone at work said to you or you don't care about that girl who rejected you when your heart is about to pound out of your chest or you're sitting underneath a bar with a bunch of heavy weights there's just no room or time for entertaining that type of conversation so in all these areas you need to train yourself Not only to ditch out energy, but to take it as well. Being able to take the pain that life will inevitably give you. 
And part of the reason why people don't do things like go to the gym or persist on some like projects is not because they don't want to. It's because the inherent pain in all of these things. These things require a level of tolerance that only be built up by developing a variation of the warrior mentality. Almost everything you want in life lies at the other side of some type of pain barrier. That's why your comfort zone is called the comfort zone. There's no pain there. There's no hardship there. There's no growth there. And we've lived in a world where we've eliminated the pain from many areas in life. However, you'll never be able to eliminate all of the pain. So when we encounter pain, since we're not socialized and used to this pain, we immediately recoil because it hurts and because we can't take it. And some people have been sheltered so much from pain that when they see it, it's like a nuke went off in their brain. Like if you read uh, the story of the Buddha and read Siddhartha, the book Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, it talks about the upbringing of the Buddha. Um, When he was a young man, he was raised in luxury and he was raised in uh, abundance and he was raised in all these things and he was sheltered from the pain that the outside world could dish out to somebody. His life was literally comfort. But then he went outside of the city, uh, his palace gates, and into the city, and he saw all this suffering and all this pain, and he just went crazy, and then his entire worldview was shattered. And then, obviously, that's when he became the Buddha, and he developed his own uh, warrior training. So that's an example of that. Um, So this warrior mentality gives you the capacity to realize that the pain will come, and you accept it accordingly. So, again, there's more steps to this. Being able to engage with life and being able to take pain just isn't enough. You can engage with life and, you know, be a bully for punishment, but that's just not enough to take you from point A to point B to C, D, wherever you want to go. We still got to have something greater than us that makes all of this worth it, and that's the higher ideal. So in order to take suffering and pain and sacrifice things, you're going to have to have something greater than yourself to sacrifice to. Something that supersedes what you're experiencing now, or else why the hell would you do it? There's literally no reason to. Because there's no, there's nothing bigger than yourself, too. So you have something like, I don't know, Jesus dying on the cross in Christianity, or the soldier who's fighting for God and country, or the parent who stays late and works overtime just to put food on the table for their family, or the athlete training his ass off to eventually win the state championship, or even more popularly, in Avengers. All those heroes giving themselves up to stop Thanos. So all of these involve some type of higher ideal that's intangible, but simultaneously very real, and something you can really feel and interact with in the depths of your soul and in your visualization. So in order to have the flame that lights the fuse, there has to be this or else none of this will work. And this is part of the reason why I think a warrior mentality is a good start towards helping people get some meaning going in their lives. You just can't be someone who's apathetic and be a warrior. It just doesn't work. The warrior's mentality is about caring, and if you don't care, then who will? Next, I think that the warrior mindset is essentially one of essentialism. Basically, a more or less bare bones, no frills, no bullshit type of mindset focused on getting from A to B as quickly as possible. So the warrior takes a straight line approach and has a straight line philosophy. If you want more details on that, I'll post a link to the episode on the straight line philosophy so you can get more info from that. 
But yeah, the warrior selects their tools, eliminates what is non-essential, and just focuses on the target. Whether that be winning a battle or winning a war, all that matters is attaining and achieving that goal. This is what the training of the warrior is meant to induce. A mindset where they're not wrapped up in the sentimentality of life. Lastly, I think it's uh, obviously important to know and ask the question, how do you build this into yourself? Well, I'd say you need to make yourself comfortable with being uncomfortable, as the saying goes. And there's a lot of ways to do this. It's all individual. But it could be, again, lifting heavy weights, running for miles, or taking something like ice baths or cold showers. Look up something like the Wim Hof Method. Focusing on a hard task or project, or just doing things that you don't like doing and persisting with them regardless. Then I would say the next would be to be intentional with your time and your actions. Time management, not wasting energy on negative emotions or situations, basically purposeful detachment like they teach in the samurai tradition. And there's a whole system of things that I can mention, but this would be an hours-long episode. Uh, But I just want to give a general overview just to get you know, the wheels turning in your mind so you could implement it or maybe even do some more research on your own. So to sum up, the warrior mentality, a mindset towards life where you approach it from one of discipline and intentionality, basically sparring with life. And you're not naturally born a warrior. You need to be developed into one. And this developing process is usually done when a person is a young adult. So it seems like it's a natural way of life. However, it can still be done at any age as long as you have intentionality, focus, and most of all, determination. And I remember David Goggins, a definite living example of a warrior, he said, we need doctors, we need lawyers, we need dentists, we need teachers, but we also need fucking savages. And I'd say we need warriors. We need people like... You, who will stand up for something so others don't fall for everything. So that's all I have for this one. If you enjoy this and you'd like to dive deeper in this topic, I'd highly recommend the book King, Warrior, Magician, Lover by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. And if you want more things like this, visit www.unstoppablerise.com slash getdisciplined where you'll find more topics along this line. So until next time, take care, and as always, stay battle ready. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening in. I truly appreciate your support and your attention. It means a lot. If you like this content, go ahead and like the content. Go ahead and share the content with at least two other people you think would benefit. doesn't hurt to spread the good stuff around, right? And if you're listening in on iTunes, go ahead and rate the show with a honest rating this will definitely help the show grow and i truly appreciate your feedback so until next time stay good take care of yourself take care of other people 